Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA. It's Sunday evening. Joining us from Boston, Massachusetts, the TD Garden before the Knicks Celtics game is Tim Bonteps. Hello, guys. Fun one you had today. Hopefully, I'm hoping to get as fun of one here tonight. Joining me from the room next door, I am in the ESPN green room which uh, we had for uh, the great Hubie Brown and Dave Pash and Cassie Hubberth. Uh, but now they're long gone. And next door to me here in Dallas, Texas, at the American Airlines Center, is Ben McMahon. Yeah, I can hear you through these thin little walls. Is that a little bit weird? Is uh, Oh, howdy, partner. Sorry for my, you know, my manners. Um, how we doing, man? Long time to see. Right. Yeah, I know. It's it was uh I you should I had that I had a night on the town with McMahon last night, Von Temps. It was shout out Nick and Sam's. I have to shout out Nick and Sam's. It was spectacular. What else can I say? Looks yeah, spectacular except they, for the picture that was taken with the horrendous lighting in it. Yeah, the waiter was really good except for as a photographer. Um, <laughs> and and I, I will say this they beefed up their security, they found out they had a big celebrity Brian Windy Wind horse coming in. It was incident free. Uh, food was delicious. The price was right. It's a good time. There you go. That's great. And what an afternoon we had here today. Uh, a genuine high level regular season basketball game. Noon start. The weather in Dallas today was spectacular. People were having brunch, coming here for a noon game. They get five probable future Hall of Famers in the starting lineup, four of which are sort of in their prime superstars. Luca, Kyrie, KD, and Devin Booker combined for 137 points. That's pretty good. Game game came down to the final uh, 15 seconds. Durant, on a broken play, hit this brilliant shot. And then uh, Luca, just, I don't know, uh, McMahon, he just, I mean, I guess he was defended by Josh Okoji, but no, he, he just missed. He just he missed blew a layup. Josh, by the time Luke was letting that shot go, Josh Okoji was in the third row. He uh, missed Devin believes he was in the third row because he pushed off. Devin Booker expressed as much, according to Booker. Luca felt like Booker was taunting him. Luca, uh, who's still working on his English, said, "Shut the flip up." And then they get all face to face or smile, but they, you know, it's one of those smiles like. Well, We're Luca, really Luca has a smile that's, you know, it's it's not exactly warm. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, this it was, was fun. It was fun. And Booker said it is, you know, when you you guys are in there talking to Booker after the game, he says, you know, you guys say you don't want everything to be all friendly, friendly. We got some smoke. And Luca said, you know, it's a competitive game. You know, it's all good. Next time, just don't wait until there's three seconds left to talk. Those guys, this goes back to, you know, obviously last, the playoffs playoffs. last year. And, you know, I think it was after game five in Phoenix, whenever the Suns went up three to two, if I recall correctly. Yes. Luca walked off the floor in, in Phoenix saying, you know, everybody, everybody acts tough when they're up. And then, you know, came back, the Mavs win the series. Look at what the, game the, was it? Yeah. The, what Murphy game was it? Yeah. Oh, that's game seven when it was Luca Doncic's 30, Suns 27 at halftime. Um, they both obviously both teams have made major splashes. Which, uh, speaking of friendliness, I didn't sense a whole lot of that between KD and uh Kyrie Irving. Matter of fact, I, I'm not sure if those guys even recognize each other, they sure didn't chat. Um, but anyways, major splashes with those former Brooklyn buddies, 
going their separate ways, KD to Phoenix, uh, Kyrie to Dallas. And look, man, this is this was a unbelievably entertaining basketball game with a little brouhaha at the end. This was hey, this is good for business. This is fun. So this is what I thought was interesting. So obviously we got emotions running hot between Luca and Booker. Maybe not you know, warm, maybe not hot, but running warm. I and would say hot. That goes back. Uh, double that, double that technicals. Was, yeah, yeah. Uh, hot, hot enough for Luca to get technical fourteen after the game had been decided. That's uh, that's away from one game suspension. It's a good old fashioned real rivalry at this point. It was very and fun. Then, and then and then while they were reviewing the altercation, then they got chest to chest again at the other end of the court and had to be separated again. So we got emotions running hot on one end, and then the emotion with KD and Kyrie was nil. They didn't nil. acknowledge each other. I asked KD after the game about it, and he goes, there was no emotion. And he kind of gave like an, a diplomatic answer. He's like, yeah, you know, we'll talk about it later. It's not a time to talk. Well, I don't know what it was. And there was one point, I don't know if the, t- uh, the TV showed it, but it was, in, it was in commercial break, so it wasn't live. And KD walked down towards the Dallas bench, and they walked past each other, literally six inches from each other, didn't even look at each other, didn't even turn their heads, walked right past each other. KD went down and chatted, said something to Jason Kidd, said something else, somebody else in the Dallas bench, nothing. Mm-hmm. Post game, Markeith Morris comes over, Katie's teammate with the Nets this year, just this year. I'm trying to think. I, Markeith has been around. I don't know if he's been a teammate of his before. I don't think so. He was a teammate of his for a few months. Bear hug right before KD, uh, you know, KD delays the post-game interview to give uh, Markeith a bear hug. Doesn't even look in Kyrie's direction. Zero, nothing. And they can say that, they, you know, I think Kyrie said yesterday, didn't he? Um, uh, a couple of days ago after the last game, brothers, you know, he'll be my brother for life. Looking forward to the friendly competition. I uh, saw some competition. I didn't see any friendliness. Well, I no. think, you know, Cassidy, Cassidy on the broadcast said that, Kevin you know, told her or said that he was disappointed with the fact that Kyrie left before the season ended, that they didn't get a chance to see this thing out. And certainly, certainly seems like there's some emotion there. I mean, the bottom line is for me, as somebody wasn't in the building and was watching that game on TV with our man, the machine here in Boston this afternoon, um, I'd like to see Dallas and Phoenix play in, sure. in a seven game series. Uh, I think that I think Phoenix would probably win fairly comfortably, but It'd be some pretty fun emotion on a, and a lot of energy well, in that series on a yeah, lot of fronts. Just to be clear, this game could have easily gone either way. This was not a referendum. Um, right. No. I will say this, though. Like, one thing that was clear, I've been to, to two games on this road trip, two of the three Durant games on this road trip. It's pretty clear to me that the opposition is going to – camp on Booker and Durant and, you know, oh, and yeah. even, even on Aiton. And so the, what the Suns did today, basically, um, I'm sorry, the Mavericks, their defensive strategy, they, uh, they shrunk the floor. They, 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 um, they collapsed on the lane to keep Aiton from getting going. In fact, uh, Aiton was a little bit frustrated. He still had 16 rebounds. Um, mm-hmm. And they basically said, whoever is playing four for the Suns, and Chris Paul, we're not going to guard. They just didn't guard Chris Paul. There yeah, was three, if you want to call Katie the four. But yeah, the fifth guy out there, Josh Okoge, was he, for a long time in this game, he had more shot attempts than KD, which is a massive win for the Mavericks. 
Uh, he ends up three of 13 from the floor, O of eight from three point range. And those eight threes are like, here's your invitation. We are, we are humbly requesting that you take that wide open three pointer in the corner. So well, listen over the David. final. So Kevin hit a three with three Oh four left to put Phoenix ahead by a point. The next few possessions were an Ish Wainwright three, an Ish Wainwright two, mm-hmm. a Chris Paul three, a Chris Paul two. Wasn't an Ish Wainwright two then, yet? Four threes. Well, he had he had he had missed a no. I'm saying they were these are shots. They were all oh, missed my, shots. I apologize. My point is, in the final three minutes, there was a two minute period where neither one of Devin or Kevin shot the ball. Yeah, which is Booker finally took. Yeah, which no, just, yeah, that's problems. what they were trying to do. Yeah. Trying to do, um, Wainwright goes four uh, five from three point range. That's uh, was a massive swing in this game because again, Okogi couldn't hit anything. And then Chris Paul, I thought he might be CP three PPG, but he had a big fourth quarter. Uh, dude had eight points in the in the fourth quarter. And you know, look, it sounds crazy because he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but teams are going to be okay with Chris Paul getting wide open threes if it means they're getting the ball out of Booker's hands and Durant's hands. Yeah, that was like my big takeaway is if this was a seven game series and it was one nothing, um, we would be going we would be talking on TV and and writing about this is a, this is going to be a Chris Paul decided series because you know like so in this game Booker and Durant scored 73 and uh Irving and um uh, Luca scored 64. Luca was being bothered a little bit by a thigh injury. Mm-hmm. It was offset by the fact that Tim Hardaway hit five to six threes in the first half. So on a normal game, that easily could flop. It easily could be Doncic and Kyrie that have 70 and and Durant and KD, or I mean, uh, Durant and Booker who have 60. And then maybe it's a Koji who hits a few more. But I'm telling you, Chris Paul is going to be getting straight wide open shots for the rest of this season until – he proves that he can do it. And he has not this year. He's having one of the worst shooting seasons of his career. So yeah. that was my, that was one takeaway that I had um, from this game and this seeing these three games so far with Durant is that they are disrespecting Chris Paul, not like straight, yeah. like we don't think we can play anymore, but they're just like, look, we got to pick yeah. who we're dealing with. And we're looking at the percentages and the percentages say Chris Paul isn't getting it done like he used to. And they're going to let him open. And, and I thought they actually did a really good job defending Kevin Durant. Durant had 17 field goal attempts in 40 minutes. That's a phenomenal job. He still scored 37 points and hit the game winner. He still scored 37 points on 17 shots and hit the game winner. It's I mean, you know, obviously he gets to the line 11 times. That helps. But guess what? Like, he's going to get to the line because you have no chance unless you're physical with him. But, dude. This is we I mean we've seen this now for 15 years or whatever, but somebody that tall and 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 long who's that good off the dribble and then just can get to a spot, slam on the brakes, go straight up, perfectly bounce, and shoot over anybody in the world. Like unless you get the ball out of his hands, you you know, basically you just have to hope he misses. On the game winning play. The Mavericks, who we've maligned for their defense, and rightly so, the Mavericks' defense killed the play. They were going to run a side pick and roll. They killed the play, totally broken to pieces. Durant took the ball and went and got 
found something when other others, I mean, even yeah. when he broke off the play, they still forced him to go like in a, in a semicircle around like a right-handed mm-hmm. player driving left. I mean, Jason Kidd had to had to say, we'll take it. And um, uh, the one thing they they wished that they could have executed was, was thrown at a body of him again the set when he got the ball back, right? Yeah. The second time he was able to go one on one there at the end against Hardaway. And Hardaway played him as well as he can, but Har- Tim Hardaway is never going to be able to stop Kevin Durant. He's given up six or seven inches there. Yeah, just never yeah. going to happen. And and by the way, there's a lot. There's a very short list of players who might be able to stop KD from getting a shot off one on one. So they're now two and five with with Luca and KD playing together. Four of the losses have come down to the final twenty no, seconds. All, all five. All, all five. five. All five. And look, this one, this was not about. Uh, there have been cases, you know, I, I think of the Timberwolves game, especially where they're passing the ball back and forth to each other and they turn it over. You know, the the, the Lakers game where the most important possession of that game, they're down three with 18 seconds left, and Luke has a total <clears> brain part, and they turn it over because he doesn't realize he can go back court to get the, uh, the inbounds pass. This was not about a lack of clutch execution by the Mavericks. They got Luca in a situation where he's going one-on-one. He muscles up. Booker would say pushes off, whatever. Luca got a little three-foot wide-open Shot that he's going to make ninety-eight times out of a hundred. He yeah, said, "I was going to say, what is the percentage on that? It's high. It's high." Yeah, he said. He said one of his buddies, I assume a non-basketball playing buddy, texted him after the game and said, "I could have even made that." I mean, like you know, and if he makes that, then who knows? You know what? Because <laughs> there would have been three and a half seconds left, and guess what? Either Duran or Booker might have made a shot to win it there. I don't think they had a overtime. timeout though. I don't. Yeah, I don't think again, they had a timeout. But again, this this came down to KD made a, a great shot, and Luca created a great look and missed a bunny. That's that's for all the other stuff that happened. That's what it came down to. Yeah. Um, so this was a big long homestand. What was there? What did they do on this homestand? Yeah, yeah, baby, we got those Jazz coming in. I hope Larry Markinen's lower back soreness is. Uh, feel a little bit better by that point. Um, I know the Jazz are really trying to finish strong here. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, they, boy, I tell you what, they got the Sixers in here. Philly was on a back-to-back, but still they beat the Sixers, and, and, and thank goodness for them because it's been a rough go. They spanked the Spurs, which is, I believe, was the result that both teams are very, you know, satisfied with. Um, and other than that, it's been a, it's been a tough homestand. And again, these look here. It, it, it's it's very simple. You're gonna have to score 130 or so to beat the Mavericks. Guess what? The Mavericks and uh, our old buddy Bob Volgares tweeted something along these lines. The Mavericks are gonna have to score 130 to win. <laughs> they had 126 today. They lose 130. Well, Bontemps, that's that's the thing about a playoff series, like. I think any series with the Mavericks is is going to go a, a long way. It's going to kind of be seesaw like that. But by the way, like the Mavericks are, they're sliding here. You know, I want to take a look at those standings, Bontemps. Yeah, I mean now you've uh, got Dallas Minnesota. Is, Dallas Minnesota. is outside the six. Well, not only is Dallas outside the six, but uh, the Clippers are outside the six. You've right now got Dallas and the Clippers. Um, matched up in the first playing game and you've got Minnesota who we talked about a week ago having a horrible loss to Golden State where they collapsed and lost that game 
they're now up into sixth because they've had a good couple days. And that's really what they the next three in few a row. weeks. Yeah, that's what the next few weeks in the Western Conference are going to be like. There's five mm-hmm. weeks to go in the season from now until the end of the year. And it's going to be week to week. Things are going to shift. And day to day, things are going to shift pretty wildly when you have all these teams, right, all bunched together like this. You know, right now with the Lakers and Warriors, they got a two-point game with two minutes to go. Like the winner of that game, it's a big swing across the board. And, you know, to go back to this game, the thing that stood out, to, both this game really, to me, highlighted the way I think things are going to go in the playoffs with both these teams. For Dallas, you guys talked about it a bunch. Their defense is a huge problem. I thought it was good. Josh Green's back in the starting lineup. Would have obviously helped if Maxi Kleba played today. Um, also would have helped if Josh Green would have scored a point. Well, that would have helped. But you saw Reggie Bullock in particular against both Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Just He just wasn't good enough to stop either of those guys. And Josh Green's at least big enough and physical enough to go toe-to-toe with those guys to some degree. He's their best option they have. He's certainly better than Justin Holiday. I'll say this. I thought Reggie Bullock played some really good defense, and sometimes really good defense ain't good enough. No, for sure. For sure. I agree. Like, I I can't look – I can't say Reggie Bullock played a bad game. And he gets some shots. I wasn't saying he played a bad game either. But, like, if he's your secondary guy and you have Josh Green out there, I I think that at least gives them – a, a chance where I don't yeah. think Justin Holiday gives him much of a chance. And then on they the other love, end, they'd love to have Dorian Finney-Smith. They had to give him up to get Kyrie, just like well, you know, the, the Phoenix Suns. And this is even more so. They'd love to have Mikhail Bridges to be the the guy who's okay. You want to dare him to take all those wide open threes, right? Good luck. Well, <laughs> you're not getting right. Kevin Durant without giving that guy up. Well, and, and that's the thing about watching the Suns, right? You mentioned Durant's going to get to the foul line. Durant doesn't really get to the foul line like that very often. He averages around seven a game. Obviously, he got 11 today, a couple late on that intentional foul. But this Phoenix team came into this game 27th in the league in free throw attempts per game. They are not going to shoot a ton of free throws. They have to win with pretty insane jump shooting. They're starting five today with 17 for 25 on jump shots. That's the mm-hmm. tied for the most of any five-man lineup in the league this season in a game. Through their game so far, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are shooting a combined 61% on jump shots. Now, look, they they obviously are incredible shooters, right? I'm not saying, like, it's not, like, out of the world that they're doing that, but they're going to have to do that every game in the playoffs for two-plus months mm-hmm. for them to win because their defense isn't very good, and they're not getting a lot of easy points. So I it, mean, to find it easy because Kevin Durant shooting mid-range shots. Well, it's well, it's a shot that I always think is going in because he's one of the great offensive players in the history of the game. But like it's it's just it's going to be on those guys to create shots a lot, because like you guys said, Chris Paul is not the same player and teams are going to load up on those two guys. And it's going to be a lot of Josh Okoji, who is over eight from three. It'll be a lot of Ish Wainwright. It's going to be a lot of Tory Craig. It's going to be a lot of campaign. Like there, it's going to be a lot of these other guys having to hit shot. I wonder if there needs to be more Damian Lee, but then you're giving it up on the other end for him. One thing I'll say about the Suns is they're they're bigger than they were before because they brought in a seven footer, and so they got all in this particular game. They got all the big rebounds. They they had two they had two putbacks, one by Booker, one by Aiton in the last couple minutes. And then at the end, Durant got the rebound to secure the game after Luka missed it. They got all the big rebounds. Aiton had 16 boards. Um, and that's a thing for, you know, the thing I'd say about the Mavericks, 
all five of these losses come down to the last seconds, that means the margin's pretty thin. It means yeah. that they're not, you know, it means that they're not like an eon away. I just don't know where they're going to come up with the difference. And I don't know, you know, how long it's going to take them to do that. Um, so when they, their, I mean, defense just, their defense is just wrong. Also, Aiton's got to get more than six shots. I mean, yeah. Well, that's what happened. More than two free throws. But that's what happened in this game. The Mavericks, when they ran a pick and roll for Aiden, they closed off the middle. They completely shrank the floor. They whoever was whoever was guarding Chris Paul would completely come off him to go over to Booker or or Durant. Like literally would run away yeah. from him. Yep. And then whoever was guarding uh the, the I call the four because I feel like Durant plays the three, but if it's Tory Craig, if it's Josh Koji, if it's yeah, the corner guy, Wainwright, if it's Terrence Ross, whoever was on that guy, he just didn't even care about it. He ran in to try to to defend on on Aiton's pick and roll, and so like that's that's the game. I, I talked to the Suns players about it afterwards. I talked to Monty. I talked to to Booker. I talked to Durant. Um, I didn't get to talk to Chris Paul. He was um, uh, got out of here in a hurry. But, uh, you know, that's that's going to be the game plan. And so, you know, we'll see. All right. Um, look, the Mavs exposed the Suns' flaws in glaring fashion and still gave up 130 points. And, you know, it wasn't good enough to win. Well, here's the thing. Not in the second half, to be clear. But there are times now that, I've watched the, big shots. now that I've watched the Suns play a little bit here, there are times where they make two passes and generate a great shot like in five seconds, mm -hmm. like in the first quarter, quarter and a half of this game, I'm not sure that the shot clock got below 10 more than a couple of times when the Suns had the ball because it was like pass, pass, wide open shot, pass, pass, dribble, wide open shot, like swing. And there was one point where Chris Paul brought the ball up the court, both Booker and Durant touched it and it resulted in an eight and dunk and the Mavs called timeout. And Durant was walking back over to the Suns bench and he was screaming, that's basketball, that's basketball, which, you know, it sounds pretty basic, but the concept is they just move it and you just can't, you can't move it fast enough. That isn't the way it was at the end of the game, but you know, there's going to be games where they take care of business in the first half. So all right. I also, I also think in general, when you look at it, like to me, I, obviously the way Dallas guarded them, it nearly got them a win. Sort of to me, I still think if you're going to beat the Suns, the best way to do it is to single cover Devin and and Booker and Durant for most of the game and make the and like make them shoot 70 times. Because I don't to me, if you're giving these other guys on the Suns all sorts of just practice threes, like over time, I'm not sure how that'll work out. But it, I just would not let any of those guys get open looks because I just don't think any of those guys can create anything. And I don't so think you're, as good as those two guys plan. are, I don't think they're going to score 120 points by themselves every game. So your game plan is the two guys who scored 73 today, despite seeing a steady diet of double teams, just single cover them and and and, and try your luck with that. An efficient well, 73, by the way. I I I just think over time, if you're giving up all of these wide open shots and those guys are making shots. I just, and look, some teams don't have the, the manpower to do that. Right. But like, for example, they're, they're right now lined up to play golden state. Now golden state's going to lose today. We'll see where they lined up, but like if they play golden state in a series and they can throw clay on Booker and they can throw Wiggins on Durant, not that those guys are going to stop those guys, but say, all right, you guys like try to score 90 a game between the two of you every game. 
And we're, we're not going to give up 20 points on threes, or not 20, 30 points on threes to these other six or seven players. We're just not going to do that. We're not going to let DeAndre Ayton get easy buckets, right? Like, I, it'll be interesting to see how teams guard them because I, I do think you can make an argument that's a more effective strategy long term than giving up a ton of wide open shots. It's to these other guys that's that's, a, that's it's as old as time. That's a that's a strategy as old as time. Do you let the guy go get off or do you let the the uh, the, the you know, you make the other guys beat you? That's strategy as old as time. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those two. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com bike slash rentals. Terms apply. So the Lakers are going to win this game. I don't know what the finals are going to be because uh, it's a six-point game with 20 seconds left. Um, AD has 39 points. Uh, Jared, very good today. Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, I didn't get to see any of this game. You were watching a little bit of it, Bontemps. Uh, Vanderbilt with another impactful game, especially rebounding the ball. I have to assume defensively, too, because the the uh, Warriors only shot 40%, but I don't know. Um, yeah, they, they got up thirty-three to fifteen in the first quarter, and even after a really cold stretch, the Lakers they they led. I think the entire game. I'm not sure if the Warriors ever got ahead. Warriors pushed back, but Lakers played really well. And this is a big win. I mean, every every win they can get, especially with Steph back making his debut, he looked fine moving around. Um, it's a big win for the Lakers. I mean, everyone they could get without LeBron. Obviously, we talked about it the other day. And especially with Steph playing, you would have probably marked this down, even though it's a Warriors road game as a loss. That's that's a big, <laughs> big win for the Lakers. I keep I keep making the case that you know, like you do, Bon Temps, that the Warriors will eventually um, get it get it going because they're going to you know get their guys back healthy. But the road thing is it's hard to it's hard, it's hard to, to look past. And, and also, there's just really no. There's also just real no. There's really no uh, indication of when they're going to have Andrew Wiggins back, and that's a vital piece. Like they need him back on the court and playing well. And it's you know there's just really not been an indication of when that's going to happen. Now Draymond mm-hmm. has a hand injury. There's you know they they got some problems. The only and yet they're fifth in the West. Yeah, the the only teams in the league that have fewer road wins are the Spurs and Rockets and. Uh, San Antonio's in Houston tonight, so maybe that changes by the time people hear. <laughs> um, 
Well, another game tonight is Grizzlies, Grizzlies Clippers. Um, talk about a uh, misery index situation. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in that game. I do know that the Clippers have lost five in a row since they put Westbrook in the starting lineup. It's not 100% his fault, but it has completely ruined the team's mojo. Um, it is not a coincidence. Let's put it that way. It's not it's a, a contributing. It's a contributing factor. Um, it certainly is. And then we have the Grizzlies, who had one of the worst days in recent memory on Saturday. Uh, John ja Morant sent, yeah. sent home for the road trip. Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram, Brandon Clark um, diagnosed with torn Achilles, although it was pretty clear that was the case on right. Friday night. Um, and Dylan Brooks suspended for this game tonight uh, in L.A. against the Clippers because of 16 technicals. And by the way, if he gets more technicals, he's going to get more suspensions. Every, every like, two, every two now. I don't, like, I don't have the complete record in front of me. Do you remember a guy getting suspended for this the first week of March? Like this is awfully. Well, I saw he got suspended, and I, yeah, I saw he got suspended, and I was initially like, "What did he get suspended for?" Like, he can't have that many technicals. Then I looked it up. I was like, "Holy cow, he doesn't." Hey, like Draymond, Draymond's next one is a suspension. Luca's only got two more to go. Um, yeah, they didn't have this back when Rashid was getting like 41 technical fouls. So, uh, in a season, so I, not a lot I of really... guys getting near 20 though. Like usually it's maybe a guy misses a game. You don't usually hear about it happening. Like you said, Brian, three quarters of the way through the season. Um, okay. So look, here's the thing. A lot of people have said a lot of stuff about Ja. I don't know what's going on. I don't hang out with Ja quite obviously, I've always had this thing though, where I never know because I am not the player's keeper. I never know when a player goes out and does stuff. You know that there are certain players that have reputations as big partiers, which Jaw has that reputation. I don't think yeah. that's in any question. Um, but like, if a guy has a has a forty point triple double, I don't know if he was out to the club five a.m. the night before. Like sometimes you see like. You know, something is on TMZ, the guy is out, and then the next game he goes two for 15 and he gets ripped. But you don't know, TMZ is not there in every city. What about maybe in a non-TM? What about maybe in Oklahoma City he was out? Um, and then he comes back and has 37. I don't, I'm not necessarily just job at any player. I, I, I do have some nightlife sources in Oklahoma City. And well, anyways, let's just keep it moving. Yeah, I'm RIP. Well, uh, look. This is uh, there's no point in us piling on John Moran. Obviously, there are. Let me just say, my point is, <laughs> if a player plays well, he may be hurting his career and hurting longevity of his career by his off court situation. But if he plays well, generally he can do whatever he wants, and that has been what's happened with John Moran. He has yes. played well, so he can do whatever he wants, but he has crossed the Rubicon. Mm-hmm. He has crossed the Rubicon, and now we are in unknown territory. Yes, because I don't know whether this is something that Jaw has to deal with, whether this is something the Grizzlies have to deal with, whether this is something the NBA has to deal with, mm-hmm. and that because this is not about partying. This is about repeated instances of. Uh, there being, you know, potential threats of violence, you know, playing with guns, uh, you know, accusations of playing with guns that have been denied. 
And, you know, and again, this wasn't a case where somebody with the cell phone caught Ja out at the club at, you know, three something a.m. He put it on his own Instagram, like defiantly. And I honestly think because the, the, the parting and the lifestyle had been a concern, right? I think Joff, if you look at his statement, it, you can take that as him acknowledging that, right? I think this ultimately could be a very good thing for the Grizzlies organization because they had a problem and they, you know, they didn't want to acknowledge it, but it was well known. Jaws' lifestyle was at least concerning and the lifestyle of the people around him was concerning. And the Grizzlies kind of were in a situation where their choices were continue enabling or potentially alienate. And now these are issues that have to be dealt with. And so the Grizzlies, as they're trying to help Ja, it doesn't have to come across as, hey, we're trying to control you. We're, you know, it's, listen, we all share concerns for you. We are coming to you out of concern. And hopefully, Job follows through on his statement. And you know, whatever form of getting help is, he follows through on that. And I would say this, John needs to look in the mirror and just say, am I acting in my own best interest? That has to be what guides him and every single person around him needs to do the same thing. And if the answer is, if they're not acting in their best interest, they shouldn't be around them. He might have to make some difficult decisions. And just speaking really frankly about this, E. Morant, Jaws' dad, needs to look himself in the mirror. And I think he needs to be really honest and say, is it more important for me to be a celebrity or more important to be a supportive father? Because both might not be. Uh, I, I I think trying to do both is problematic. I'll say that. I would just say that people should watch what Jalen Rose had to say on Countdown yesterday. So that was very well said. I've said a bunch of times, I think Jaws the most electrifying player in the NBA. I've thought that basically since the day he got in the league. He's an incredible player to watch. He's a fun guy to be around. I've enjoyed interviewing him over the years. I've always had good interactions with him. I just hope that um, he's able to get to a place where, you know, like he said, he needs to work on his well-being, work on ways to handle stress. I just hope he is able to get to a good place because he's super fun. The Grizzlies are super fun. And, you know, I would like us to be talking about Ja, the basketball player, and get yeah. back to talking about that. And I just hope that he's able to, you know, get, get some help and, and get to a place where he's feeling good. That's really so, my only thoughts on this whole thing. When the situation happened with the Pacers, the Pacers game, um, where the NBA did the investigation, um, where uh, there was accusations made, and the NBA, you know, banned one of Jaws' friends from going to an, or any NBA arena for a year. As part of that investigation, you know that the NBA asked a lot of questions, mm -hmm. and you know that it had to be concerning. Um, and in this case, you know, in the, in the situations, other stuff that's happened, that's jaws been involved with in Memphis, 
you know, I don't know, but in this case, it was within NBA confines. And so the NBA, you know, really looked into that. So I am reminded of an interview that Carmelo Anthony gave on a podcast. And I don't remember the name of the podcast. I believe it was about two or three years ago. And Mellow Talk was talking about the meeting that he had with David Stern when he got suspended, I think, for 15 games back in 2006. And um, Mello was talking about when David Stern called him in to that, um, to that, uh, to, you know, basically to discuss with him his suspension. And Mello was to this to that day very upset because you know if you remember it was, it was at the Garden. We, you know, he was with the Nuggets at the time. It spilled into the stands. A number of people got suspended, but he got suspended uh, more than anybody. 15 games, which is you know a huge heavy suspension. Adam Silver probably suspended him for you know a quarter now. Um, and Listen, so I think Adam Silver has done a phenomenal job. Uh, Big time CEO potential, but keep it moving. <laughs> Savvy. Um, so uh, he talked about what Stern said to him, which Stern basically said, you got to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be a part of our thing here or are you going to be not? And I'm, sir, I'm boiling it down because he had much harsher language. Right. And he basically said, we know what you're doing. We know who you're with. Mm-hmm. We know the choices that you're making. And you're either going to go one way or you're going to go the other. And I doubt the NBA's surveillance has, you know, recessed in the last 20 years. And considering that they also just did this investigation, I'm sure they know a lot about what's going on. Maybe they don't exactly know what happened in Denver the other night. I assume that was in Denver. That's where the team was. I don't 100% know where Jaw was. But David Stern basically said to Carmelo, you got a choice here. You can either be with us and be wildly successful and be a big part of what we're doing or not. And I wonder if there's somebody who can have that discussion with Ja. I don't know who that person is. Yeah. I don't know if Adam Silver has that discussion. Maybe he does. I, I again I don't I don't I'm not the player's keeper. I don't know if that discussion, but Carmelo described it as a seminal moment in his career. Mm-hmm. So we could have a seminal moment here. Um, but more importantly, the Grizzlies have an incredible team. Ja is an absolute treasure for a small market like Memphis. Yeah. Ja is a is a treasure. He that could be a once in forty year player. You know, I always talk about when the when the Bucks got to the finals in two thousand and twenty one and won it. It was the first time they'd been to the final since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar asked for a trade in, what was it, 73, 74, whatever that was? Well, first time first time in 50 years they'd been in the finals when they happened to have Oscar Robertson and Kareem on the team. Right. It had been 50 years since they had, basically they waited 50 years between MVPs, okay? Memphis could wait 50 years between a player like this, okay? So his... His what he means to the Grizzlies, it is it is unquantifiable what he means. And then there's what he means to the NBA. He is an incredibly valuable player to the NBA. And by the way, is being paid as such. He's headed for a two hundred million dollar contract. He just lost the signature shoe deal with Nike. Nike has just debuted his signature shoe. Oh my God! You see, the guys, the day this came out, Powerade 
announced mm-hmm. he was a brand ambassador. There are there are billion dollar companies saying this is our guy. This is going to be the face of our of our operation. His value is enormous. And so this is extremely extremely important. And for the Grizzlies, this is a really amazing team that they've got. It's like they've done a really good job putting it together. They've drafted well. They've developed well. He has been electric. He is carrying an entire franchise. That franchise is thriving in that market because of Ja. Okay, and they have they have they have really yeah. good people there. I feel really good about the way the Grizzlies handle their business. They have a terrific uh, uh, business operations staff. They have a terrific game operations staff. They have terrific media team media, like some of the best team media in the league. They have a wonderful broadcast. They do a lot of things right, but it ain't happening without Ja. You know, he is what's driving it all. And so, like this is really important. And I, I. I, I, it's so it's, 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 it's something that has got a lot of skin in this game and then bringing it back to what we talk about here, which is the NBA. It has an effect on who's going to win the freaking title this year. Cause this team's like, this team has a chance to do it. And now we are in a, in a tough spot. So um, I don't know if there's anything else to be said. We don't really know what's going to happen, but we know that we're in a crucial moment. So. Yeah, and, and again, I just hope that that Jaw, with the help of the Grizzlies and and you know whoever else they seek, looks at this as an opportunity, and and you know not as like some sort of a oh I got to deal with this type of a situation, and and he's going to have to I think Jaw's going to have to make some very difficult decisions and do some very difficult things. Um, to ultimately fulfill his potential, uh, which is, you know, to to be one of the great players that that we've seen play this game for a long time. But uh, I, but you know, the the way that he's been going, it felt like he was going to be a star that fizzled quickly. Hopefully, that doesn't happen. Well, I'd still bet on him, but I also don't have all the information. So, um, anyway, the Lakers ended up winning that game by eight. Um, I just wanted to update Anthony Davis finished with 39 and eight, um, six players for the Lakers are in double figures. Austin Reeves, 16 points. He's starting to put up some numbers. Austin Reeves. Oh, well, not, uh, we're not talking about Austin well, Reeves, not until they at least get him to play in. Well, there, I know uh, that might be the next podcast, but, <laughs> <clears throat> um, so Utah is now, with Lowry marketing, we don't know his situation. They don't have him. They're going to be struggling. There's no return for Zion in sight mm-hmm. uh, for the Pelicans. Those are the two teams directly in front of the Lakers. And the Lakers are one game in the loss column behind the, the Clippers. Well, listen, um, the Warriors are in fifth with 31 losses. The, the Wolves and Mavericks are in sixth and seventh with 32 losses. The Clippers, Jazz, and Pelicans are 8th to 10th with 33 losses, and the Lakers, Thunder, and Blazers are 11th to 13th with 34 losses. That is the spread from 5th to 13th. Three losses with five weeks to go in the season. So this is going to shift on a day-by-day basis between now and then. I think Phoenix, I think we all agree, assuming injuries aren't don't mess things up for Phoenix, they're going to be in the top four. Sacramento with a five-game lead on Golden State, they seem – Barring complete mm-hmm. catastrophe, they're going to be in the top four. 
Mike Brown will be coach of the year. Memphis and Denver will probably be second and first in that order. And then let's see what happens. Well, that's true. Maybe De- maybe Memphis slides back a little bit. We'll see what happens there. Bottom line is yeah. they're going to be in the top four. But then yeah, we'll right. see. The home court advantage in the first round, like we know the teams are going to have home we know, court. In the first we know round. those, bar an injury, we know those teams, uh, you know, unless again, Phoenix gets decimated by injuries. So then well, let me just, five to 13th is an about. absolute crapshoot. For the ones who get it done, Ranger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Let me just say this about Phoenix. They They are two games behind the Kings. And they play the Kings twice more. In fact, they host them uh, next weekend. Um, they also, I believe, play the Thunder twice more. Who The Thunder are backsliding, and Shea has been out. I don't know whether he'll be back for, um, for Wednesday's game. They do have some tough games. Um, they've got the Bucks coming in, but that's at home. They've got the 76ers coming in, but that's at home. Mm-hmm. They have the Nuggets coming in, but that's at home. Um, they don't really well, have the teams behind them also all stink. So as long as they as long as they are able to stay healthy, I'm, they're gonna I'm talking about them moving right. up. I'm talking about them moving up. No offense well, to the Kings. The teams all stink. Oh, I mean, I mean, they're just they're I mean, they win a game and lose a game. Back the Warriors the, the, the Warriors have guys with four championship rings, including the No, listen, I bonds have just like they hold stink. on, hold on. I think the Warriors are my – if the Warriors are healthy, as I've said, they're my pick to get out of the West. But right now – You can't say that and say they stink. It's got to be one or the I'm other. Talk, well, I'm talking about right now. Right now, from who, which of these teams from five on is good right now? The Clippers have lost every game with Russ. The Mavs are two and five with Luka and Kyrie. The Warriors, every time they play on the road, they lose. Like you said, the only teams with less road wins are Dallas and are Tucson and San Antonio. Minnesota, who we've been clowning on for months, is somehow sixth. Hey. The Pelicans were second. They've fallen off a cliff. The Jazz and, and Thunder have their best players are hurt. Who knows when they're going to play? LeBron mm-hmm. isn't playing for the Lakers. Like, none of the, like there's none of those teams you feel good about on a nightly basis. That's all my point is. Like, no. the Sun, maybe the Suns can move up. I think it's you know, regardless, though. It's like you said. The top four seeds in the West, you know who they're going to be now. It's yeah. I'm just after that. Let's see. Here's what I'm saying about the Suns. They have this is the today ended a four game road trip. That's all their road trips. They've, I mean, they have a couple of single game trips that they have to make. That's it. There's no more long road trips for them. Um, and they're barely leaving the the the, the time zone. Um, and 
they have games against the teams ahead of them and they look like they're going to win a lot of games. They look like they're pretty good. Um, they're three and no with Durant and Booker and I'm, they're obviously not a, a, uh, well, they're five. Uh, my point is, they're five back of Memphis. They're five back of Memphis with seventeen to go. Like they're probably okay. not. I'm, they're probably not talking, getting there. Uh, well, here's the reason I'm saying that is because if I'm the Suns, the last thing I want is the Warriors in the first round. And one way, yeah. to, one way to get well, rid of that is you by get to, moving up. I'm saying if you get to, but if you get to, a, if you get the third, you might get the Warriors anyway. And B, if you don't get the Warriors, it might be the Clippers. It might be Dallas. Like I, I know, all but these, if you're you know, if if you're look, if the Suns are concentrate, like Monty Williams played eleven guys today. He he doesn't know who he's putting on the court. You know, quarter to quarter. Ish Wainwright today, I believe, didn't they? Okay, yeah. Ish Wainwright. Ish Wainwright finished the game today. Ish did not play. He played two minutes Friday in Chicago. He played no minutes in the first half. Well, here's the game. real thing. You know, you know who's really rooting for Phoenix to get to third? Denver. That's who's rooting for Phoenix yeah. to get the third. Well, think about that. Because if <laughs> okay, you're Denver, look. if you're Denver and you're staring down, you're staring down the possibility of playing either Phoenix or Golden State in the second round, that wouldn't feel very good. Well, this is my point. This is my point about what's going to happen for the Suns. Yeah, I don't know if the Warriors are going to be in fifth, but Steph just came back. Right. And I wouldn't bet against it that they're not right. going to slide. And so you'd be looking at Warriors first round, Denver in the second round. I don't want that. For sure. rather, I, you know, I'd rather take my chances with who's ever in sixth because it ain't going to be a perfect team. And then Memphis, I would, I would much rather prefer that than going into Denver, who's like 28 and four at home. So um, I'm just saying the Suns are in position to, you know, have a, have a potential move here. As we talk about, sure. you know, they're start they're starting to distance themselves because they the, the team that they got going here. So, um, all right, Bontemps, you got to cover a game. Uh, McMahon yeah. and I got to write nope. our stories. No Jalen Brunson tonight for the Knicks, so we'll see if they can get a ninth straight win without him. That's gonna be a tough one there. That's gonna be a tough one there, especially since the Celtics. Uh, Celtics have Celtics. had a rough week. Yeah. Nearly blew a game on Wednesday against Cleveland. Obviously blew a terrible game on Friday against the Nets. Rough 28, lost uh, by double by the digits. Way, lost Joe to the Missoula, Knicks on Monday at the Garden. Joe Missoula said that's a one-off. That's how he explained that uh, comeback against the Nets, that comeback loss. Uh, which is fair to say because it was the biggest comeback of the year in the NBA. Uh, Bontemps, do you believe that's a one-off? Not a not loan a twenty uh, lead, but but you know just the way they're playing. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think the Celtics are fine. I think the Celtics are in a lot of ways like the Suns in that they don't get a ton of free throws, they don't put a ton of pressure on the rim, they're very reliant on jump shooting across the board. When they were a dominant team over the first couple of months of the season, they had the greatest offense we've ever seen. All their support players are shooting forty five percent or better from three. Grant Williams. Derek White, Al Horford, et cetera, right? When, on Friday night when they lose to the Nets, Jason Tatum went 0 for 8 from 3. They couldn't hit a shot from 3. They also were messing around from basically the start of the game. I mean, they, it was it was an ugly game from the jump, and it felt like a pickup game. And the Nets, you know, when they started to get it in gear, the Celtics just never really snapped out of that frame of mind the whole time, which they all admitted after the game. So, I think the Celtics are going to be fine. That being said, 
when you look towards the playoffs, in particular, this, this looming matchup with Milwaukee, as we know, even though Milwaukee lost to Philly last night, which I think sort of sums up the way these teams are set up. What a great game. Philly's got a better chance chance against Milwaukee matchup-wise. Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. you know, with Giannis, is going to put pressure on the rim. He's going to be getting free throws, going to be drawing fouls, going to be getting buckets inside. And the Celtics are going to be around the perimeter, bombing threes. I mean, one of the things Zula said, and it's really indicative of how he's coached this team, the single most important thing on an NBA box score right now is three-point attempts. You need to have more three-point attempts than the other team. When they are not shooting threes, he is upset. He wants them to shoot threes every trip down the court. He thinks very analytically about the game all the time. That's how he wants them to play. That's how they're built. And that Milwaukee-Boston matchup, that's what it's going to be. They're going to be bombing threes every time down, and Giannis is going to be going at them like a freight train at the rim. And that's the gang of that matchup. When you play like that, you're going to have games where you just stop hitting shots and you fall apart if you're not in the right frame of mind, which they weren't on Friday. So I don't think it's some kind of crisis, but I, I do think it's it's an interesting thing to watch with this team that they just are heavily, heavily reliant, like Phoenix, on making jumpers. Well said. You just educated me. All right. Thank you, Mr. Bontemps. Thank you, Mr. McMahon. Thank you to Sarah, who's uh, filling in for Jackson. Our uh, Brian booted producer. Jackson. Booted him. Booted Did you him. That- great? <laughs> got drama behind Jackson. the scenes here at the Who Collective people don't know about it <laughs> now somebody's gonna gonna ask me about that uh, no actual drama well, Jackson's the best He'll be back. will he be back on Tuesday when we how, how, how many Tuesday? first round picks would we have to give up to make that trade <laughs> well there's some teams here today who would you know have a different opinion and their first round picks flying out the door when these two teams show up so all right thank you listen to hoop collective and we'll talk to you later this week adios amigos